Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, and welcome to the podcast from uh, Denver, Colorado. This is Deacon John and Joe, and you are listening to Catholic Stuff You You Should Know. Joe, you're wearing my shirt today. No, I'm not, John. You're not. It's my shirt now. Well, well, it was mine, I guess. I gave it to you. I was telling John that... um, Almost every article of clothing I have, I think, was formerly belonged to you or your brother. You know, the I think that's true. We do something called the Purge and the Companions where we uh, we just kind of get rid of stuff every Ash Wednesday, kind of purge what we don't need. And that shirt went to you in particular because there's something about collared shirts when you dry them. See, I just found out you're not supposed to dry collared shirts because they get shorter and wider. And, oh, uh, this one? Yeah, yeah this, that one is really wide. I feel like I'm wearing a... What are they called? Like a smock or something? It's like a muumuu kind of. A muumuu, that's wearing, the word I was looking so for. So here I am with this guy wearing a green muumuu across from me. <laughs> Tucked in. Uh, I am completely exhausted right now. And Why uh, are you exhausted? Because I just finished my oral comprehensive exams, which were awesome. Yeah. But uh, Your I'm, final act as a student, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to know any more Catholic stuff after studying for these comps. Uh, the comps are, are this. Your la- the last thing you do in seminary, the absolute last thing is these oral comprehensive exams. So you have about 20 synthetic questions. They're essentially like uh, they cover about a class or so. And uh, and then you draw three of them. You get two hours to kind of scramble, vomit, whatever you want to do. And then you go in and you have to speak for 10 minutes on each of the questions. And then you get grilled for about 10 minutes on each one of the questions. Ouch. And I walked in today and saw uh, these two professors and I was like, Oh no, they're like the hardest ones. Lillis and, uh, well, I didn't know you had two hours to prepare though. Yeah. That should have been easy. Well, they're really difficult questions. You Joe. prepare for like five minutes for these podcasts. So yeah. I, two I, hours. You must you're have lucky dynamite. if I prepare five minutes. The, uh, um, but one of the topics of the questions, uh, is what I want to do today, but um, so this is a two-hour prepared. So I'm going to do yeah right. podcast. No, right this is actually probably the most prepared podcast you've heard in a while. Most of them are off the cuff, uh, but I did want to tell you something funny. I learned something today. So there's all these honors you get. You yep. know, there's summa cum laude, magna cum laude, cum laude, and then there's something called um, bene. Provatus. Have you heard what this means? Well probed. No, it means a good try. Essentially, oh, really? yeah. Mike, we always used to joke that Father Mike Rapp was going to get Bene Provatus next year. That's like you, you do so bad, they're just like, hey, you did a good try. Because <laughs> uh, the good thing about the oral comps is that they're not, um, they don't really mean anything except for honors. So, Mike, Mike uh, got Bene Provatus last no year. Good way. job. So, no, he good didn't. Job, he did Mike. very well last year. The uh, so moving to the topic, moving along here, Joe. Yes. The uh, you're not paying attention. You're no, not I listening. am. I was just thrown up because we're no, making little I, red, red, red lights light up. On just the as ADD. And this is just weird. Now, I don't have headphones on. I'm just kind of like weirded out by that. So, anyways, kind of distracted right now and kind of sleepy. I'm sorry. It's been a lot more. Drink more alcohol next. Year. I have a bourbon here. It's Maker's Mark. It's delicious. And so, if this is a little sloppy, I think the last time we drank on was the uh, mimosas. On Fat Tuesday. Oh, so that's right. Which they're was gonna, also a they're going to start putting so. two and two together and be like, uh, uh, "Alcoholics." That's right. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not drinking that. I'm drinking coffee. You're drinking so. coffee. You're such a good Puritan. The uh, topic for today, my friend, is um, one of the questions I got probed on this morning. Go on. The question was: Describe how penance, mortification, and the ascetical life um, are ordered to the mystical life and to eternal beatitude. Oh, perfect. So there's our topic today. This so is, essentially what I want to talk about is what what the heck is penance, mortification, in the ascetical life? 
And then how do they have to do with the mystical life? Like with mystical prayer. We don't really think about that. That's a phrase in, in Catholic uh, stuff that we don't really use a lot. Mysticism. We usually think of like, you know, Buddhist monks in Tibet or something kind of freaking out and doing weird yoga moves or something when we mysticism. think of mysticism. But mysticism is at the very heart of uh, of our Christian faith. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. The uh, yeah, But let's go back to the beginning. Penance, mortification, and the ascetical life. If you were going to give me an explanation of what penance would be, what would you say? Just off the cuff. Uh, John, why do you do this to me? Um, penance would be, gosh, uh, some, well, I want to say, I want to use the other terms. Mortification, can I yep. bring no, this you in? Cannot, you cannot I just define one penance. word with another word. I'm uh, sorry. How am I supposed to define words? Penance, what I guess, penance? would be like making satisfaction okay. for... Uh, concupiscence, sin. Oh, there you go. Just use bigger words. <laughs> exactly. I'll try to confuse everyone. The uh, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. That's I realized this this morning at nine o'clock when I drew this question. I thought, oh, you know, it's funny. I I'm going to be um, distributing the sacrament of penance, but I actually don't know what penance is. This is a problem. That so is, that is a problem. Um, essentially, penance comes from the same word as repentance. Now you know what repentance is, Joe. I do know repentance is. Okay. So they're essentially the same thing. Repentance and penance, they both come from the same Latin word, which is penitentiae. 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 Yeah. So there you go. So penance and uh, and repentance are the same, essentially the same word. Why okay. is it repentance then? Why isn't it just penance? I don't know. You do it again. Re. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Just a guess. But the, interest, the more interesting is the Greek word. When we see penance or repentance in the Greek New Testament, the word is metanoia. Metanoia. Metanoia, which means change. Really? Oh, that's yeah. the word for repentance. Yep. Because I've always heard metanoia, metanoia translated as a ongoing conversion. Yeah. Which is interesting because that's, that's kind of is. what it is. It's like being converted, being turned back exactly. to the Lord. So metanoia is, uh, really means like a conversion of heart, so to speak. So when we talk about repentance, the, the essence of it is uh, this profound conversion of the heart that's happening. Literally, metanoia is two Greek words. It means with Meta, with, and noia comes from noose, with the mind, but the noose is kind of like the mind and the heart. I thought it was like beyond the mind. Well, it's mind and heart. So well, just, meta isn't with or beyond. No, nah, we're not going to go into <laughs> right now. We're not going to debate on Greek prepositions right now. The uh, Oh, well, speaking of which, Just though, assume that I'm right and let's This is a on. total <laughs> sidebar, but uh, John gave a, your homily this week at the seminary was the best homily I think I've heard from you ever. That was Thank excellent. You. But he was just like pulling out Greek, you were pulling out Latin, and it was very like like a scholastic theological, but it was also like the heart was just like coming through. It was beautiful. Good. I forget what you were talking about. Well, and, yeah. But it was, I was just oh, stuck I just, with you. <laughs> That's great. No, I actually. It was great um, though. It was I actually excellent. most podcasts. Bene Probatus. Something. Bene Probatus. Good try. Uh, they usually come from uh, moments of success. So I'll probably do that as a podcast. Like Next tomorrow. Time. Tomorrow, do it. We're do, we're recording a bunch of these in advance. Uh, by the time you hear this, I'm going to be Father John, but right now I'm still old Deacon John. And uh, Joe's just Joe. Picking Fat, your fatty toenails. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> fatty Joe. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm just uh, – the uh, we're also kind of awkward right now because we got a third person. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike. Let's acknowledge well, him. Mike so. is the producer slash – Mike, you're not supposed to speak. You're not supposed to speak. Yeah, sorry. It's good talking to you. The, uh, so Mike's in the room. and uh, Mike's so our tech guy. We're he, being evaluated, and that's why we're nervous. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully we do better than Benny Probatu said. I'm still, I'm still nervous. Uh, I'm still, like, shook up from these oral comps. I mean, they were awesome, but I was, like, so jacked up for them that I'm still kind of freaking out. So. All right, well, let's keep going then. we got to keep moving. Metanoia, so as, as I just 
you know, described, it means like with a turning of the mind and the heart. And essentially what that means is away from sin towards the good, right? And it frees you for love. So penance, like when we think of like a penance, like a Friday penance, like, okay, you know, little Joey gets dragged by his mom uh, to Stations of the Cross and he fasts on Friday in Lent or he eats meat or he doesn't eat meat on a Friday in Lent, something like that. That's, a, that's an example of a penance. But that's an external penance. It's at the service of true penance, which is penitentia or metanoia, which means a conversion of the heart. So when we talk about penance, we have to make a distinction between internal penance, oh, which is yeah. really what the essence of penance is, and external acts of penance. In English, would it be like the difference between repentance and actually just penance? Like repentance is more of an interior thing? Yeah. And yeah. penance is the... what? Yeah, that's a good flows way into, yeah. flows I think from that repentance. actually is a good, good distinction. Repentant. A repentant heart is what we want. We want a heart that is turned away from sin. So the purpose of penance, the reason we take on penance, and the whole reason we call uh, the sacrament of reconciliation or the sacrament of confession, also known as the sacrament of penance, penance is because... I was like, you just said both of them. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> oh, gosh. You haven't taken that class yet, have you? No. Next year. the uh, I can be so condescending because I'm finished the seminary. <laughs> three more years. You are. The, Why don't uh, you write a letter to the... <laughs> Never mind. The... Uh, Moving on. <laughs> that the, was an inside. The, uh, so the, when we refer to it as the sacrament of penance, what we're really referring to is um, the sacrament of this converted heart away from sin towards, towards God. So that's, it's a beautiful kind of another thing to think about. So penance is a very, very rich uh, and, and uh, has a pr- really profound meaning to it. Mortification comes from... Uh, Mor- it's death. Go ahead. Give me the etymology. Mortification comes from the Latin mortus, yes. which means death. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like deathifying ourselves. And fatere. death. What is fatere? Uh, to make or to do. To make, to make death. death. To make death. Mortification. To do death. Yeah. So you're you're literally imposing death upon yourself. Now, why the hell would you do that is the first question. So when you mortify yourself, for example, there was this awkward pudding served at lunch today. It looked really disgusting. Let's say it looked amazing, mm-hmm. just for the sake of the example. I mortify myself to say I'm not going to eat that pudding, even though it looks incredible. Uh, for what? For what reason? Why would you? Why would I? Say well, that how is that making death though? You're just not taking. Weird I'm pudding. denying my passions, my appetites, my desires for this delicious pudding in front of me, and I'm d- dying to that. I'm dying to my senses, so to speak. Right. Everything in me is saying, "Eat that delicious pudding," and I'm saying, "Nope, die." Ah, so it's like the it's like the earthly man, the lower passions you're putting to death. So the question is, why do we do that? Why do we do mortification? We understand why we do penance. Penance is for the interior conversion of the heart, so that the heart is made pure in a way. But mortification, like why the heck do I mortify myself? Do I make, kind of kill these little passions? It's the same same as self-denial. Self-denial would be another example. Why would we do that to the passions? Well, cause the we, poor little passions. I know, poor little guys. Well, this is because the passions have a tendency to kind of want to take over. Exactly. You know, when you feed the passions all the time, it's hard to get the spirit, the spiritual life inside of you going because the passions just want to – they're like a hungry wolf, man. They just want to take over hungry all of like John. Hungry like wolf. We have the uh, – You're eating that pudding. That's all you're going to want to do is eat more pudding. We have really disordered desires mm-hmm. all the time. And if you act on your desires all the time, you're going to end up in prison or really unhappy or dead probably or, you know – really fat, or you're going to be drinking bourbon at 2 o'clock in the afternoon like I'm doing. You can't just act on your passions. You have to have self-mastery. Either you will order your passions 
or they will order you. You you have one option. Either they will master you or you will master them. Got to kill the little man. You got to kill the little man as the rugby coach at Franciscan University used to stay. Kill the little man inside you. Now, um, it's an important task, uh, but the whole purpose of this is self-mastery and it's freedom. We actually become more free when we do that. When I deny myself of these things, when I practice penance, I'm actually becoming more free. And that's a really good thing. Why is that good? Because that's why, for freedom, Christ set us free. You and know? free, exactly. That's, that's, it's realizing what life's about, uh, experiencing the fullness of human existence. Uh, freedom's required for that. And so you can make an act of love towards exactly. God, which is what we're made for. But you can't love if you're not free. Exactly. If we're not free, we're not able to enter into the life of God. Because the whole purpose of Christianity is not a moral code that you follow. It's not uh, a bunch of rules that the church makes us do. Don't eat meat on Fridays. Do these different things like that. And we can talk. We we did talk about that. We did a podcast on that. But the whole purpose of it is union with God. Now, God is beyond. God is transcendent. God is mysterious. So when we speak of the mysterious God who has made himself known in Revelation in Jesus Christ, we talk about mystical. Because mystical comes from the same word as mystery. We don't realize that, but it's the because we think, ooh, mystical, how crazy. But it's the same word as mystery. The mystical life means entering into uh, mystery, into the mystery of God. The mystical life entering into the mystery of God. So what, what does that even mean? I mean, you're talking about penance, talking about mortification. How is okay. this tied into the question, mystery of God? The question, our comprehensive exam question, Joe, if you remember, was what is the ascetical life? Ascetical life is essentially mortification and penance. Mm-hmm. How is that ordered to the mystical life? How is the ascetical life? All these kind of stupid yeah. How physical is practices. Myself to death. Why do I beat myself with a whip? No, I was joking. That, you don't want to do that. But why do I do these different things? Uh, mortify, my, mortify the flesh. Um, and how does that actually serve mystical union? Right. The fundamental presupposition here is that man is body and soul. What makes this really Christian is that what I do with my body really affects the way that I live out spiritually. I can't choose the good. Um, I can't embrace faith if I'm physically, carnally caught up. Uh, an example of this would be you can't have true friendship uh, if you don't live a chaste life. And that's, that goes out to any women who are listening to this. If a man is not living a chaste life, he's not able to, he's not capable of friendship because his body that's a radical, has enslaved him. Radical that's from, statement. That's from the catechism. Really? That's where it's from. That's pretty wild. I Cate- love that. Catechism is pretty radical. No, you doubted is what you did. <laughs> you <laughs> no, doubted. You I doubted just, the, I'm just thinking it's radical for a lot of people to hear that because right. mm, there's a lot of people who aren't living chastely who think that they have true friendship. But you're saying that there's, there's a truer friendship that you could have if you are chaste. I'm saying you're not capable of greater spiritual goods if you don't have self-mastery over the lower bodily passions. Mm. And so the purpose of penance and mortification, mortification is to purify the heart of inordinate desires and attachments to physical things, to carnal things, so that we can be free for greater things. And most of us uh, aren't there. We're just too attached to, I got a new forerunner outside. It's not new. It's a 2002, but it's pretty, as my cousins would say, it's hot and popping. That's what they say. Minnesota, I don't know what that means, but they say that a lot. So Who knows what Minnesota people it say? Really, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You just, my mom is from Minnesota. You just, you don't, just know. don't know. You just don't know there, do you know? So why are we talking about penance and stuff if we're an Easter man? You're totally cramping my style. I mean, I'm... I'm do you know why? You're drinking you know, makers, you know, we're yep. having a good time. Do you know why? Because, like, four days after... Uh, 
four days after Lent, my like prayer life went into shambles because it's like, now it's time to party. <laughs> it's <laughs> Easter. And then it's like, oh, crap, I'm not praying anymore. I'm not practicing penance. Uh, I'm kind of failing at everything. And next thing you know, I'm fighting with you and Settlers of Catan. That that did happen. It happened a lot, actually. <laughs> My brother and Joe. You fought with Steve more than me. No, but. I fought with you a lot. You really, I almost, we, the friendship almost ended. And that's okay? not true. <laughs> There's a sidebar. John and Steve, this is uh, Steve's John's brother. I realized that unless I became like the instigator and the antagonist and like the bad guy, that they were going to kill each other. And so my goal for keeping peace was really just to tick both of them off and beat them as settlers of Catan. Oh so, and I, that's really what I did. I mean, you guys got along great that week. And I was the really, I was the jerk, you know, but I was happy to keep the peace. For the no, most part. everybody hated everybody, Joe. You didn't keep any peace. Oh my gosh. I loved both of you, man. You guys were hel- helping me win every I don't even game. like board games, but I love beating my brother in board games. Love it. And, uh, and he he really thinks he's not competitive. So I don't even know why we're talking about this. Let's let's we should just. What end are we from this. Minnesota? This, just, this one started bad. We this one should just end right now. <laughs> we, the, we are going to get Benny Probatis on this one. This is this one. This no, one is no, uh, barely anything. Benny barely Benny Probatis this podcast. So I hope the next one is more informative. But you learned uh, a little bit about penance and mortification. Now this is great. Uh, I like the tie too between the mystical life and the ascetical life because at least for. For people who are in their faith more, have a prayer life, it's easy. I mean, for myself, like, and I know I would love to be mystic, you know, and be, you know, experience this great union with God. But I'm not a big fan on the, you know, mortification, the making death in myself. Not a huge fan. But, you know, this is the reality. This is why we do these things. So we Yeah, can- we, we tell people go pray, but they're really incapable of prayer if they're just enslaved to their passions. I mean, if you're just struggling if you're watching TV all day and you're eating whatever you want and you're not, you're never disciplining your life mm-hmm. and mortifying the flesh, you, you're going to be like prayer. Are you kidding me? It's like, I think a lot of times we just tell people that like go pray, but they, they literally are not capable of it. Um, mm-hmm. There has to be that element of just, we have to deny ourselves. And St. Jose Maria Scriva, the founder of Opus Dei used to say, if you don't mortify yourself at the table, you walk away as a pagan. And that's kind of intense. That's a very Spanish thing to say, but wow. there's something, there's something true in that. Like, do we really deny, do we really believe that when we deny ourselves of something that there's a greater good that could come from it? Cause all it seems like in the moment is like, oh, I just want that pudding. Just give me that pudding in my belly right yeah. now and then I'll be happy. But then I have the pudding in my belly and I feel sick and I think now I'm not happy. And then I do it again the next day. So I it's funny. We keep going back to the well. That doesn't satisfy you. We know? keep going back to the well. It's true, man. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of little ways to do this too. I mean, we don't, sometimes we think, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to not eat for like, you know, five days a week or something like that. or I'm going to whip myself, but there's very small things you can mortify yourself in, you know, just like, oh, I want one more scoop of this. So I want seconds. I don't have, you know, maybe I'm not going to do that. Or, Hey, you know, instead of, you know, I know father Mike told me uh, one of his things that he used to always do is uh, when he's in the car. He won't listen to the radio or listen to music until he until he prays a rosary. It's yeah. a little mortification, yeah. a little something, but just to always kind of be denying himself. Yeah, uh, and it's a it's a beautiful and every it's funny because I feel like in recent years this has kind of been downplayed or lost a lot. The idea of doing penance, the idea of mortifying yourself, but every single spiritual work that you ever read, the first step in the spiritual life, always like without a doubt, very consistently. Is you need to die to your passions, right? Is Mortify. to, mortifying yourself, right. um, and and we've kind of lost that, and I think it's stilted our prayer lives in yeah, a lot absolutely. of ways. So. Yeah, absolutely, 
So happy stuff. Easter. Go mortify your flesh. <laughs> you thought Lent was over. You thought Lent was over. It's Suckers. not. Um, well, John, we're going to continue your comprehensive exams here because we got a question for you. And oh, you, I told you I was, I was going to read you the question before the podcast. And no, John's just like, give it to me straight. John's like, no, I don't want to hear it. Just give, give it to me. me so. Give me two hours to prepare. And no, you're going to have about two seconds to as I'm, list, as I'm reading it. So right. here we go. This is Ted. And Ted wants to know this. He says, we often hear that Jesus died for our sins. What does that even mean? We still get baptized to cleanse us of original sin, and we go to confession to be cleansed of mortal sins. If we do these things, why did Jesus die for our sins? What do we mean when Jesus died for our sins? I really should have taken you up on your offer. To... <laughs> I, I was thinking, I mean, this is kind of a big question, though. We say this all the time. Jesus died for your sins. Well, where's Ted from? That's the first Ted question. Ted did not reveal to us. <laughs> and maybe he, yeah. That question had nothing to do with it. probably anything. not from Minnesota. He's trying to buy me time. No way. Minnesotans wouldn't ask questions like that. They'd just be like, hey, your podcast is nice. Thanks. Here's a hot dish. Here's a hot dish for you and some bars. Um <laughs> Okay. Your mom's so offended right now. If I she's know. To Fortunately, she does not listen to the podcast. The uh, I, I think we're out of time. Frankly, <laughs> I think we should probably deal with that. No, question no. Next. You, you at least need to try to get that. Was like six to. questions in one. Okay, Ted, just just do. Why did Jesus die for our sins? What does that mean when we say that? What does it mean that he died for our sins? Yeah. How is that possible? And how can you tie this into the mystical life? I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is literally the same disgusting feeling in my stomach that I felt at 11 o'clock this morning during my comprehensive exams. I almost spit my coffee out. I don't know if I can describe to you how it's possible um, for one man to forgive the sins of the world, except for that that man was God. This all comes back to that human nature was assumed by the second person in the Trinity. If we lose that reality, it just becomes a man who suffered. But he has a profound way. Any person can do what we call vicarious atonement. So we can offer things for the other people. We can do things. We can suffer things for other people. But as God, as the creator of all of human nature, he is able in a way to assume that in himself, the nature, take on the nature, and to, to die in the sins. He has that somehow that capacity to do that. It's, it, it's accord to his human, to his divine personality. Okay, so Jesus can die for our sins because he's God, um, and he's also man so he can suffer, but he's God so he can be applied to everybody universally. So what's the deal with uh, baptism in confession, in confession? Baptism is where we enter into his death. That is where the effects of Christ, because it's like he forgives all the sins of the world, but then uh, that, that cannot take effect He's not going to work contrary to freedom. He's not going to force it upon us. He didn't just blatantly just kind of like, okay, automatically, all of you, sins forgiven, eat yogurt land for the rest of your life. It's like you have to choose it. And in baptism, we choose it. If it's a child, we embrace it. The faith is chosen for the child and the faith is raised. He's raised in that. Um, And then in confession, it's renewed. So there's like a profound sense of our freedom is not overtaken when God forgive dies for our sins. Uh, but then we enter into that. Now, you, you make a good point. And I think that fundamental to understanding the whole idea of baptism and confession and Jesus dying for our sins is understanding sin and how it's not about just like getting off the hook so we can go to heaven, but it's more like being forgiven so you can participate in a relationship. Exactly. And Jesus and God respecting our freedom, like you said, gives us the opportunity. He He opens the door for a relationship by dying for our sins. He says, as far as as far as God's concerned, the doors of heaven are open. The Father desires a relationship with us, but you but, have to. But we have freedom, and so we can either choose that, 
um, and say, yes, baptize me, take away the obstacle, my sin, uh, the obstacle of my relationship with you, enter into the life of the Trinity. It's a beautiful thing. And But I, we still screw up. We still reject that life right. in a lot of ways. So we have confession to have the metanoia, you know, you the go. repentance to come back. So Good. Which ties in the mystical life, as you described earlier. So there you go. Great job. Yeah. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. See All right. Feel free to email us. We love these questions. We'll have uh, if you have some good ones, we'll read them to John. See if he can uh, no, get Ben Aprobatus or better. Um, uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at Gmail or check us out on Facebook as well. Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Facebook.com. Facebook.com. <laughs> Catholic Stuff Podcast. See you.